Welcome to your nightly story. The name of today's tale is Prisoners Can Ask for Anything for Their Last Meal. Chapter 1. The sun was setting over the prison as the guards led the latest death row inmate to his cell. His name was Jack and he had been convicted of a crime he didn't commit. He had spent years fighting his case in court, but it was all for nothing. The evidence had been stacked against him, and now he was just waiting for his execution. As he sat in his cell, Jack thought about his life. He had always been a good person, but circumstances had led him down a dark path. He had made mistakes, but he didn't deserve to die for them. That's when he heard the news. The warden had announced that the prison was participating in the last meal tradition. Prisoners could ask for anything for their last meal, and if it couldn't be provided, they would be set free. Jack couldn't believe it. He had heard of this tradition before, but he never thought it would happen to him. He knew what he wanted for his last meal. He wanted a steak, medium rare, with a side of mashed potatoes and gravy. It was a simple meal, but it was his favorite. He just hoped they could provide it for him. The next day, the guards came to take Jack to the cafeteria. He was nervous. He knew that if they couldn't provide his meal, he would be executed. As he walked into the cafeteria, he saw the warden standing at the front of the room. Jack, we received your request for your last meal, the warden said. And I'm sorry to say that we can't provide it for you. Jack's heart sank. He knew what that meant. He was going to die. But, the warden continued, we can provide you with something similar. How about a ribeye steak, cooked medium, with a side of garlic mashed potatoes and gravy? Jack couldn't believe it. He had been given a second chance. He ate his meal slowly, savoring every bite. When he was finished, the guards let him out of the prison and set him free. As he walked out of the gates, Jack realized that this was his chance for redemption. He had been given a second chance at life, and he wasn't going to waste it. He was going to make things right and clear his name. He was going to be a hero. Chapter 2 Jack walked out of the prison gates, taking in his first breath of fresh air in years. He felt free but lost at the same time. He had no idea where to go or what to do next. He had no money, no job, and no family or friends to turn to. As he walked down the street, he saw a newspaper stand and decided to take a look. The front page read, Innocent Man Released from Death Row. Jack couldn't believe it. His story had made the news. He bought a copy of the paper and continued down the street. As he walked, he noticed a man following him. Jack quickened his pace, but the man continued to follow him. Finally, the man caught up to him. Jack, I'm a private investigator, the man said. I've been following your case for years. I know you're innocent, and I want to help you clear your name. Jack was skeptical, but he had nothing to lose. He agreed to meet with the investigator the next day. 
The next morning, the investigators showed Jack the evidence he had gathered over the years. It was clear that someone had tampered with the evidence in Jack's case, and the investigator was determined to find out who. Together, they began to investigate. They interviewed witnesses, gathered new evidence, and dug deeper into the case. They discovered that the real culprit was still out there, and they were determined to find them. As they worked, Jack felt a sense of purpose for the first time in years. He had a mission, and he was going to see it through. He was going to clear his name and bring the real criminal to justice. Days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. The investigation was slow going, but they were making progress. Finally, they found the evidence they needed to prove Jack's innocence and identify the real criminal. In a dramatic trial, the real criminal was brought to justice, and Jack was officially cleared of all charges. He had finally been vindicated. As he walked out of the courthouse, surrounded by reporters and well-wishers, Jack knew that he had been given a second chance at life. He was no longer a condemned man but a free man with a new purpose in life. He was going to use his experience to help others who had been wrongly accused, and he was going to make a difference in the world. Chapter 3 As Jack walked out of the courthouse, he felt a sense of relief wash over him. He had been waiting for this moment for years and it was finally here. He was a free man, no longer condemned to death row. The media swarmed around him, asking for interviews and photos. Jack didn't know how to react to all the attention. He had spent so many years in solitude, and now he was suddenly in the spotlight. As he made his way through the crowd, he saw a familiar face. It was the private investigator who had helped him clear his name. Jack walked over to him and shook his hand. Thank you, Jack said. I couldn't have done this without you. The investigator smiled. You did all the hard work, Jack. I was just there to guide you. Jack knew that wasn't true. The investigator had been with him every step of the way, offering guidance and support when Jack needed it most. As the media attention died down, Jack realized that he had a new purpose in life. He wanted to help others who had been wrongly accused of crimes, just like he had. He knew that the justice system wasn't perfect, and innocent people often fell through the cracks. He started by volunteering at a local legal aid clinic, helping people who couldn't afford a lawyer. He listened to their stories, offered advice, and helped them navigate the legal system. As he worked with more and more clients, Jack realized that he had a talent for this work. He had a unique perspective on the justice system, having been a victim of it himself. He knew how it felt to be wrongly accused, and he was able to empathize with his clients in a way that other lawyers couldn't. Before long, Jack had built up a successful legal practice, specializing in cases where people had been wrongly accused of crimes. He was making a real difference in people's lives, helping them clear their names and move on with their lives. As he looked back on his own experience, Jack realized that everything had happened for a reason. If he hadn't been wrongly accused, he never would have discovered his passion for helping others. 
He was living proof that even the darkest moments in life can lead to something positive. Jack was grateful for his second chance at life, and he was determined to make the most of it. Chapter 4 As Jack's legal practice grew, he became more and more successful. He had a reputation for taking on tough cases, and he had a knack for winning them. People came to him from all over the country, hoping that he could help them clear their names. But with success came attention, and not all of it was positive. Jack had made enemies over the years, people who didn't like the fact that he was exposing flaws in the justice system. He received threats from anonymous sources, warning him to stop what he was doing. At first, Jack brushed off the threats. He had faced much worse in his life, and he wasn't about to let a few anonymous messages scare him. But as the threats became more frequent and more specific, Jack began to worry. He hired a security team to protect him, but he knew that wasn't enough. He needed to find out who was behind the threats and stop them before it was too late. He started investigating on his own, using the same techniques he had used to clear his own name. He interviewed witnesses, gathered evidence, and followed leads. It was slow going, but he was making progress. One day, he received a message on his phone. It was from an unknown number, but the message was clear, stop what you're doing, or you'll regret it. Jack knew he had to act fast. He traced the number and found that it was coming from a payphone outside a convenience store. He drove there immediately, hoping to catch the person who had sent the message. As he parked his car, he saw a figure in the shadows. He approached cautiously, his heart racing. But as he got closer, he realized that it was just a homeless man, sleeping on the ground. Jack sighed in relief. He had been so focused on finding the person behind the threats that he had almost missed the real danger. He was putting himself in harm's way, and he needed to be more careful. He drove back to his office, his mind racing. He knew that he couldn't give up his work, but he also knew that he needed to be more careful. He started taking extra precautions, like varying his routine and always traveling with a security team. But even with all these precautions, Jack couldn't shake the feeling that he was being watched. He felt like he was always looking over his shoulder, waiting for the next threat to come. One day, he received a call from an unknown number. He answered cautiously, ready for another threat. But the voice on the other end was different. It was a woman's voice, soft and gentle. Jack, I need your help, she said. I've been wrongly accused of a crime, and I don't know where to turn. Jack listened as the woman told her story. It was a familiar one, one that he had heard many times before. She had been accused of a crime she didn't commit, and she was facing a long prison sentence. Jack knew he had to help her, but he also knew that it could be dangerous. He couldn't let his guard down, not even for a moment. He agreed to take on her case, but he made sure to take extra precautions. He hired extra security, and he made sure to vary his routine even more. As he worked on the case, Jack felt a sense of purpose again. 
He was doing what he loved, and he was making a difference in someone's life. But he couldn't shake the feeling that he was being watched, that someone was waiting for him to slip up. He pushed those thoughts aside and focused on the case. He gathered evidence, interviewed witnesses, and built a strong defense. And in the end, he won the case. The woman was cleared of all charges, and she walked out of the courthouse a free woman. As Jack watched her leave, he felt a sense of satisfaction. He had done his job, and he had done it well. But he also knew that the threats weren't going to stop. If anything, they were going to get worse. He couldn't let that stop him, though. He had a job to do, and he was going to do it, no matter what. He was a fighter, and he wasn't about to back down now. Chapter 5 Gabriel sat in his office, staring at the computer screen in front of him. He had been working on this case for months, and he was no closer to finding a solution. He had hit a dead end, and he didn't know what to do next. He rubbed his eyes and leaned back in his chair. Maybe he needed a break, a chance to clear his head and come back to the case with fresh eyes. He stood up and walked to the window, looking out at the city below. As he stood there, lost in thought, he heard a knock at the door. He turned around to see a woman standing in the doorway. Mr. Gabriel, she said. Yes, that's me, Gabriel replied, walking over to her. My name is Sophia. I need your help. Gabriel frowned. He wasn't sure why this woman was coming to him for help. He was a private investigator, not a therapist. What kind of help? He asked. Sophia hesitated. It's my husband. He's been acting strange lately. I think he might be cheating on me. Gabriel sighed. This was not the kind of case he wanted to take on. But he couldn't turn her away, not when she was clearly in distress. Okay, I'll take the case, he said. But I need to warn you, it might not be what you want to hear. Sophia nodded. I understand. I just need to know the truth. Gabriel agreed to meet with Sophia's husband and gather evidence of any infidelity. He followed the man for days, tracking his movements and documenting any suspicious behavior. But as he worked on the case, Gabriel began to feel uneasy. He didn't like the idea of spying on someone, invading their privacy like this. He knew that it was his job, but it didn't sit well with him. Finally, he had gathered enough evidence to confront Sophia's husband. He sat down with him and showed him the photos and videos he had taken. The man was shocked and angry, denying any wrongdoing. Sophia was devastated, but she thanked Gabriel for his work. As Gabriel walked out of the house, he felt a sense of emptiness. He had done his job, but at what cost? He had invaded someone's privacy, destroyed a relationship. He wasn't sure if this was the kind of work he wanted to do anymore. He went back to his office and sat down at his desk. He stared at the computer screen, but he couldn't focus. He needed to take a break, 
to clear his head. He stood up and walked out of the office, not sure where he was going. He walked aimlessly through the city streets, lost in thought. As he walked, he saw a woman sitting on a bench, crying. He hesitated for a moment, then walked over to her. Are you okay? He asked. The woman looked up at him, tears streaming down her face. No, I'm not okay. My husband just left me for another woman. Gabriel felt a pang of sadness. This was the kind of work he wanted to do, helping people in their time of need. He sat down next to the woman and listened as she told her story. As he listened, Gabriel felt a sense of purpose again. This was what he was meant to do, to help people in their time of need. He knew that it wasn't always going to be easy, but he was willing to take on the challenge. He helped the woman get back on her feet, finding her a place to stay in a job. As he watched her walk away, he knew that he had made the right decision. He was going to be a private investigator, but he was going to do it on his own terms, helping people in their time of need, not just spying on them. As he walked back to his office, he felt a sense of peace. He had found his purpose, and he was ready to take on the world. Chapter 6 As Gabriel sat in his office, he couldn't shake the feeling that something was off. He had just finished a case, but he couldn't seem to focus on anything else. He felt restless, like he needed to do something, but he didn't know what. He stood up and walked to the window, looking out at the city below. It was a beautiful day, but he couldn't enjoy it. He felt like he was stuck in a rut, like he was just going through the motions. That's when he saw her. A woman was walking down the street, looking lost and confused. She was holding a piece of paper in her hand, and she kept looking up at the buildings around her. Gabriel felt a sudden urge to help her. He didn't know why, but he felt like he needed to do something. He grabbed his coat and walked out of the office, following the woman down the street. He caught up to her and tapped her on the shoulder. Excuse me, do you need help? He asked. The woman looked up at him and Gabriel felt a jolt of recognition. It was the same woman he had helped a few weeks ago, the one whose husband had left her. Gabriel! Oh my God, it's you! She exclaimed. Gabriel smiled. Yes, it's me. What's going on? Do you need help? The woman handed him the piece of paper. It was a map of the city, with a few locations circled in red. I'm trying to find these places, but I keep getting lost, she said. Gabriel looked at the map and recognized the locations. They were all in the same area, not too far from where they were standing. I know where these places are, he said. I can take you there. The woman smiled gratefully. Thank you so much. I don't know what I would do without you. Gabriel led her through the streets, pointing out landmarks and giving her directions. As they walked, he felt a sense of purpose again. He was helping someone in need, and it felt good. When they reached the last location on the map, the woman turned to him. Gabriel, 
I don't know how to thank you. You've done so much for me. Gabriel shrugged. It's nothing. I'm just glad I could help. The woman hesitated, then leaned in and kissed him on the cheek. Thank you, she whispered. Gabriel felt a jolt of surprise, but he didn't pull away. He felt a connection to this woman, something that went beyond just helping her find her way around the city. As they parted ways, Gabriel couldn't stop thinking about her. He knew that he had to see her again, to talk to her more, to see where this connection could lead. He walked back to his office, feeling more alive than he had in weeks. He knew that he still had work to do, cases to solve and people to help. But he also knew that he had found something else, something that was just as important. As he sat down at his desk, he couldn't help but smile. He was a private investigator, but he was also a human being, with desires and needs and emotions. And he was finally starting to embrace that side of himself. Chapter 7 Jack sat in his office, surrounded by stacks of files and legal documents. He had been working on a particularly difficult case for weeks, and he was starting to feel the weight of it. He had hit a dead end, and he didn't know what to do next. He leaned back in his chair and rubbed his eyes. Maybe he needed a break, a chance to clear his head and come back to the case with fresh eyes. That's when he heard a knock at the door. He stood up and walked over to answer it, not sure who could be visiting him at this hour. When he opened the door, he saw a woman standing there, tears streaming down her face. Mr. Jack, I need your help, she said, her voice shaking. Jack recognized her immediately. She was the wife of one of his former clients, a man who had been wrongly accused of a crime and cleared thanks to Jack's work. What's wrong? Jack asked, leading her into his office. Chapter 8 Jack listened as the woman told him about her son's arrest. Her son had been in the wrong place at the wrong time, and the police had jumped to conclusions. They had charged him with a serious crime, and he was facing a long prison sentence. Jack felt a sense of deja vu. This was exactly the kind of case he had worked on before, and he knew what he had to do. I'll take the case, he said. But I need to warn you, it's not going to be easy. The woman nodded. I understand. I just want my son to be cleared of these charges. Jack got to work immediately, gathering evidence and interviewing witnesses. He knew that time was of the essence, and he had to move quickly if he wanted to clear the young man's name. As he worked on the case, Jack realized that this was different than any case he had worked on before. This wasn't just about righting a wrong or making a difference. This was personal. He thought about his own time in prison and how it had felt to be wrongly accused. He couldn't imagine what it must be like for this young man, facing the same fate. Jack worked tirelessly, poring over the evidence and following every lead. He knew that he was up against a tough opponent, but he refused to give up. Finally, he found the evidence he needed to clear the young man's name. It was a long and grueling trial, but in the end, justice prevailed. 
The young man was cleared of all charges, and he walked out of the courthouse a free man. As Jack watched him leave, he felt a sense of satisfaction. He had done his job, and he had done it well. But he also felt a sense of closure, knowing that he had helped someone who was in the same position he had once been in. He walked out of the courthouse, surrounded by reporters and well-wishers. But this time, he didn't feel lost or overwhelmed. He felt like he had finally found his place in the world, and he was going to use his skills to help those who needed it most. As he walked down the street, he saw a familiar face. It was the private investigator who had helped him clear his own name all those years ago. Hey, Jack, the investigator said, walking over to him. Chapter 9 As they shook hands, Jack felt a wave of gratitude wash over him. He had never forgotten the investigator's help, and he knew that he wouldn't be where he was today without him. Thank you, Jack said. I couldn't have done this without you. The investigator smiled. You did all the hard work, Jack. I was just there to guide you. Jack knew that wasn't entirely true. The investigator had been with him every step of the way, offering guidance and support when Jack needed it most. They talked for a few minutes, catching up on old times. The investigator told Jack about some of the cases he had worked on since they last spoke, and Jack shared some stories about his own work. As they parted ways, Jack felt a sense of closure. He had come full circle, from being wrongly accused to helping others who had been in the same position. He knew that he still had work to do, but he also knew that he had come a long way. He went back to his office, feeling a sense of peace. He sat down at his desk and looked around at the piles of files and legal documents. He knew that he had a lot of work to do, but he also knew that he was doing what he was meant to do. Jack had found his purpose in life, and he was going to use his skills to help those who needed it most. He had come a long way from the dark days of death row, and he was grateful for every moment of it. He smiled to himself and got back to work, ready to take on whatever challenges came his way. He was a fighter, and he was ready to make a difference in the world. Chapter 10 Jack sat in his office, surrounded by the files and legal documents. He had spent years fighting for justice, helping those who had been wrongly accused of crimes. He had built a successful legal practice, with a reputation for taking on tough cases and winning them. As he looked back on his journey, Jack realized that everything had happened for a reason. If he hadn't been wrongly accused, he never would have discovered his passion for helping others. He was living proof that even the darkest moments in life can lead to something positive. The End we're glad you tuned in for this story. Keep yourself updated by subscribing to our podcast. This is Amalia Dupre from this podcast will make you sleep, saying good night and sweet dreams.